Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartblend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you're returning, then hello. I'm so excited and happy to have you. So today we are going to be covering the biggest attraction blockers. What makes you unattractive that have nothing to do with your looks? And then the second half of this episode, I will be covering the top four biggest insecurities that most people have and the metaphysical reasons behind them so we can focus on healing the metaphysical cause to bring us closer into our natural attractiveness. So let's go ahead and dive in. So let's start off with what makes us unattractive. Now, I just narrowed this down to about five things, but these five things are really, really big and making us look really unattractive, really, really, really fast. So number one is going to be jealousy. Ooh, ladies, men, this makes you so unattractive. Just showing that you're jealous or that, you know, someone has a one up over you or anything like that. It really shows you where you are in your belief system about yourself. You know, many times we can see another person and we can be inspired by them. We can say, oh, wow, I really like the way they did that. Or, oh, I, you know what? I could actually do a little better myself, not better than them. But, you know, just seeing someone do something different really inspires me to go the extra mile too. But when we see the other person, we're like, hmm. So whatever, they don't even deserve it. You just have like this very negative energy behind it. Or what I hear a lot of times is that when women feel that someone has a certain body type and it's like, ugh, so what? Ew, just because you're skinny, what? Like it just has such a negative, unattractive vibe to it. And even if you feel that way, please do not express that in public. (laughs) Please do not make it known that you're jealous. Please do not just ignore it if you can, or really shift your focus onto something positive about yourself. The truth behind jealousy is that when we feel jealous, it's really our shadow self telling us that we deserve better telling us that we can also do the things that we're seeing and that we haven't invested in ourselves in that way and we need to. So whenever you feel jealous, just know that that's just a little bit of a flag for you to work on yourself and to not take things away from another person in order for you to feel better about who you are because at the end of the day, it's all in your perspective. It's all in your bias and everything. So just keep that in mind, but know that the moment you express that jealousy or say, for instance, you see a guy that you really like and he's talking to another girl, it's best to not even give any attention towards it or make any comment about it or anything like that because you don't really know the perspective that the other person has had. And I know some people kind of like when someone 
expresses some jealousy or possessiveness if it's like a mate or you want to know oh do they really like me but you see how all of that is rooted in insecurity if you feel insecure maybe you like that someone might be a little bit jealous because then it gives you that validation that they like you but at the end of the day it's still tapping into not feeling attractive so the next thing that makes us really unattractive is going to be complaining So it's really a matter of finding solutions versus complaining. So when you're focused on, oh, this is not working. Oh, this sucks. Oh, I hate this. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And you're just kind of in that mode of constantly complaining, especially when you're talking to someone. This really brings down your level of attractiveness because the person's like, I can't help you and you can't help yourself. What do you want me to do about it? And it creates this level of frustration. So when you show that you're able to just come up with a solution, it doesn't matter what it is. Even if you're uncomfortable, I'm not saying that you should just plaster the smile on your face and act like nothing bothers you. Absolutely not. You can even mention how something bothers you. Be honest. Hey, hey, this is making me feel really uncomfortable or Uh, I don't really feel comfortable in this X, Y, and Z. So then talk about how you can make yourself more comfortable or what you could do to get yourself out of that situation. When you talk about coming up with solutions and fixing whatever it is that's bothering you, it really says a lot about you. It says that you're emotionally intelligent, you're mentally healthy, and that makes you very, very attractive. And that person can also trust you more. If you're complaining a lot, then you seem like someone that's hard to please. And it can be really difficult for someone to want to constantly invest in something. It will feel like someone's investing into an empty pot with a hole into it. So as soon as they invest one thing, it goes straight out. And so no one wants to fill out their efforts go nowhere, you know? So if you ever meet those people that's super hard to please and they just complain about everything, nothing that you can do will ever fix their problem, this just brings down the level of attractiveness. If something's really bothering you, even if it's something that's just terrible, you're going through a rough time, talk about how it's making you feel. But then say, you know what? I thought about it. And these are some ways that I can really overcome this. That's something that has really helped me over time to be authentic, be truthful, and to still build a connection with being vulnerable by expressing when something's bothering me, but also being able to say, I can be accountable for myself as well. I can take care of myself. I can be responsible for myself. And also your partner or the person you're interested in or if the person is interested in you will also feel as though they can offer solutions as well. They'll feel inspired to want to help you more because they know that you have the mindset for coming up with solutions anyway. So they're more prone to wanting to invest in you and to helping you, which then builds a stronger connection, which then builds stronger attraction. The next way that blocks your attraction is over talking. Now, if you're just talking, 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 you're never letting the other person talk, or if you're not giving opportunities for the other person to talk, or you're just talking about yourself constantly, this can really bring down your level of attraction. You might think, well, I'm just sharing who I am. I'm telling that person who I am. I'm giving them information. I'm just, you know, sharing me. Well, 
Here's the thing. Being subtle is one of the most attractive things as possible. So it's more so about putting more into your energy, your appearance, your actions, whatever it is that you're doing that's going to make you more attractive without you having to talk so much about it. The more you talk, it seems as though you're covering something up or you're having to prove something or anything like that. So it's best to refrain from talking too much in conversation. Let the other person speak. Let them share more about themselves. Go back and forth and make sure that the level of listening and speaking is more even. Preferably do more listening than speaking so that way you aren't hindering the other person's perception of you with the things that you say. The next way that we block our level of attraction is being overly competitive. So if you're constantly competing with those that are around you, you're trying to outdo one another, you're trying to outshine the other person, it makes it look like that person has the one up on you because you're playing in their lane and you're not playing in your own lane. When you play in your own lane, no one can really compete with you because it's so different. It's your own unique style. It's your own characteristic. It's your own personality. You're doing your own thing and you can be improving within your lane. You can show some new ways of doing things. You can really show some levels of progression and leveling up without you having to stay within this limitation of competing in the same arena with another person. So it's very clear, it's very apparent when someone is competing with another person because they will actually start to copy something they've done, but they'll do it a little bit different their way. It's not totally left field. It's not something totally different. They'll just kind of copy the other individual, but then they'll do it a little bit better, a little bit different to try to show I have one up on you. But in actuality, they're following their lead. So it just shows that you are not holding yourself with the strongest sense of power within you and you don't have that natural confidence about yourself, which makes you less attractive. And then the last thing that really blocks your level of attractiveness is explaining. If you have to explain yourself, if you find yourself constantly saying, okay, well, well, let me explain. So when I did this, then this happened, and then that happened, and then long time ago, this happened, and then when I was nine, this happened, so that's why this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it's like, ugh, okay. A lot of times in our mind, in our head, to us, we carry a long story of many stories, right? And so for us, this one little snippet that we're sharing, to us, feels like a clip, but to the other person, it feels like a long book that they're not able to follow as easily as you because you experienced it. So when you go to explain something, you are having to alter and prove something. You're having to try to change the person's perception of you. The best way that I can explain this is that when people are attracted to you, They are attracted to their perception of you, their idea of you, a projection of you, what you show them, 
they are attracted to. When people meet you, their minds and their imagination does more work for you than you explaining anything. So it's best to put your best foot forward. And if clarification is needed, then definitely clarify. But if you find yourself constantly explaining, well, this is why, this is why, this is why, this is why, it really brings down your level of attraction. Because there's a little bit of mystery that's held behind attractiveness. When someone is attractive, it's really based on that person's perception. It's what that person's created in their mind of the reasons why they're attracted to you. So the more that you talk, you explain more things, you're more expressive with yourself, the more that you leave an open window to tarnishing that perception of you. I'm not saying you shouldn't be honest and open and vulnerable with people, but you really have to keep that to a very very, 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 very small group of individuals. This should be someone that you really, really trust, that you have a deep, deep, deep connection with. For the outside world, just in general, people that don't know you very well, they haven't known you a long time. They haven't known you over a year. You just met them. Maybe you're going on a first couple of dates. This is really going to hinder you in that first stage of attraction. So, going for a job, date, things like that, where you're having to engage with new people, it's best to talk less, to really put more into your energy, how you're approaching other person, your behavior when you're around them. Are you being kind? Are you being patient and calm? Are you being understanding? Are you bold? Are you showing your interest? Are you being a magnetic type of person, especially utilizing all the things that I mentioned before and the seven ways of being magnetically attractive. Are you utilizing that or are you doing a lot of talking? So when you do a lot of talking, it just kind of takes the magic away. It's like when you see a magician and you're in awe of the magic trick that he just showed you and you're like, wow, how did he do that? Your brain is very engaged in that. You're very excited and mesmerized by that. But then what happens when he shows you, oh, there's a string and you pull this and then this flips over. You're like, oh, it's not that great. That's how it is when it comes to attraction. So talk less and you will find that you will become more attractive. So those are just some of the ways that we block our level of attractiveness that have nothing to do with our appearance. So next, I want to focus on the top things that we're most insecure about and the metaphysical meanings behind them and why we feel unattractive. So the first thing that I want to cover is weight. Yes, when we feel like we've put on the pounds, that's the biggest one. That's got to be number one, like feeling overweight, feeling like your body's not where you want it to be. What is the meaning behind this, right? Okay, so we could take this surface, logical approach to things, the analytical approach to things say, well, you're eating too much. You're not that active. You're not working out. You're eating the wrong foods, whatever, right? We all know this, but what is the spiritual meaning behind this? What's the emotional meaning behind this? Metaphysical means beyond the physical. The emotional and spiritual meaning behind 
being overweight or having extra weight on you is because you're trying to protect yourself. So when you experience fear, stress, sadness, depression, anxiety, whatever, you're going to put on weight. Your brain is actually saying we need to protect ourselves. We're not feeling so good right now. We're not feeling so happy right now. We're feeling really stressed out. We're feeling a little worried. We're feeling fearful. We're feeling unsure. We're feeling uncertain. Let's pack on some pounds. That'll make us feel more protected. And you might be thinking, well, you know what? I don't need the protection right now. (laughs) And I understand. But if we start there and we have some compassion with ourselves, some understanding with ourselves to say, you know what? I'm just scared. I'm fearful. I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm anxious. Let's start there. Because when we try to beat ourselves up and call ourselves names and start going down the rabbit hole and then like, oh, you'll never be able to wear that or this. We're really taking the wrong approach, super wrong approach. So it's a matter of having compassion with yourself, patience with yourself, because you didn't just put all those pounds on instantly. I know it might feel like that, especially during the pandemic, but it was a stressful time. There was a lot happening. And so I mean, you know, the weight can always come off, but it's important to know why. And emotionally, you needed some level of protection and your body put it on through the form of weight. So that's all that it is. And in this matter, if you are struggling with your weight, what I want you to do is just practice releasing, letting go, letting go. You no longer have the need of carrying this weight, carrying this burden, carrying this fear, this stress, you can let it go. And if you notice that when you do decide to really get in tune with, you know, working out and exercising and having a diet and changing up your diet and all these things, it feels like you're fighting for yourself, right? And in a way you are, it feels like it's hard. You feel a lot of resistance, but You're fighting through all those fears. You're taking yourself back. You're owning yourself again. And that's something that's so powerful that I think definitely needs to be acknowledged in that sense. So keep that in mind. If you're struggling with your weight, if you feel like your weight is making you feel unattractive, it's just because you're needing to put on that protection. You feel unsure, you feel unsafe. And so I want you to take that approach with yourself, be kind to yourself, and that weight will fall off when you let go of the fear and the stress and the need to carry the extra protection. You feel more free and you fight for yourself. The weight will fall off. Absolutely. So the next thing that we feel that we're most insecure about that really affects our level of attractiveness is going to be the skin. Now, this is also the biggest one. It doesn't matter if you have weight, if you're skinny, whatever, if you have a great body, the skin. Oh my gosh. So what does the skin represent? Now, again, from a physical, analytical, logical explanation, it's, well, Maybe it's your diet. Maybe it's what you're eating. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's the products you're using, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
But beyond that, the metaphysical, the emotional reasons behind having problems with the skin has to do with your confidence. It has to do with your self-esteem. It has to do with how you perceive yourself, the relationship you have with yourself. The skin is the biggest organ we have. And so your subconscious mind is trying to alert you and to reflect to you what you're feeling. That's what it's doing. And so if you have problems with your skin and you feel really self-conscious about that, you see how it's reconfirming and revalidating that belief that you have about yourself that's being expressed through the skin. And most people typically have something off about their skin. I know that, you know, yes, there are really good products out there and all these things. But if you think about it, whenever you go through a skin journey, what happens? You have to have patience. You have to allow for your skin to heal. You have to take time with your skin. It's not something that you have to rush through. You have to invest a lot into your skin. It is the same thing with building your self-esteem, having patience with yourself, investing in yourself, not just your skin, but yourself, holding yourself accountable, believing in yourself, feeling comfortable within yourself, soothing yourself, nurturing yourself, caring for yourself. Oftentimes when people have difficulty with their skin, they've often been ridiculed, they've been highly judged or criticized, they've really been torn apart and in their self-esteem, they feel unworthy. And so it can really affect the way that the subconscious mind reflects that through the skin. And I know for me personally, I struggled with problems with my skin at a very early age. And when I finally came to a place of self-acceptance and really owning myself and seeing my beauty, even if I had some blemishes, that's when my skin started to become more and more clear. When I started to be more confident within myself and just say, you know what, screw it. I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. Ironically, my skin started to get more and more clear. It's ironic, but over time, it seems like the skin starts to clear up when you start to accept yourself more. So keep in mind, it's related to self-acceptance and your confidence and your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself. The next biggest insecurity that a lot of people run into that we feel affects our attractiveness is going to be our hair. So hair is related to your strength and your emotional state, your sense of freedom and fertility. So a lot of times when people are going through grief or bereavement, the hair is either cut or it is very disheveled. So a lot of times in different cultures, if the hair was disheveled or if it was not well kept or combed through or brushed, this would then signify to the outside world they're in a period of grief or bereavement. And I believe that we still carry this without us really realizing it. We may not be consciously trying to communicate that, but if you go out and maybe your hair is disheveled, you could be going through something that is not necessarily like someone died or you were going through a breakup or anything like that, but it can very well signify maybe there was some sense of loss, 
somewhere in your life. A loss of a home, loss of a job, loss of independence, loss of your ability to do something, anything. Anytime we go through a traumatic experience, if even going through a car accident, maybe you lost your car, just something. Keeping in mind that our minds will attach itself to the things that we cherish, things that we care about. They could be inanimate objects, but when we lose that, we go through a small death, an ego death. If you haven't listened to that, definitely check out the ego death episode in the ego detachment series. But I think that anything that's on the head is going to be related to our minds. And so whatever your emotional state is, it's going to show through your hair. So if you do your hair and your hair looks nice, but not only did you do your hair today, because it just depends on the state and the condition of your hair as well. If your hair looks really, really nice, it's healthy, it's clean, it's soft, it's moisturized, whatever, it's, it's well-conditioned, that says a lot about your emotional state. It says that, hey, I have enough time and enough patience with myself that I feel good enough about myself to invest into my hair. So it really says a lot about how you feel emotionally. So when it comes to the hair, think about your emotional state. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're grieving or you're in a sense of bereavement? Do you feel free and flowy like your hair? Do you feel kind of stiff and uptight like your hair? Do you feel just kind of worn down and dull like your hair? Do you feel vibrant and shiny like your hair? Your hair represents your emotional state and just how you're feeling. Doesn't necessarily have to be about how you feel about yourself, but just how you feel emotionally. Now, if you've got a messy bun and you're in your pajamas, you're chilling in the house, you're just comfortable this does not necessarily mean that you're grieving in some sense. So I want you to know that I'm not taking every single piece and it's making it so serious. But just when we're going out into the world and we're engaging with others in a normal social setting, we do need to keep in mind our appearance and what we're communicating to the outside world and what others are communicating to us. And that's something to keep in mind when you see other people they might be communicating something to us through their appearance without having to say anything. So they can teach you a lot about the other person. So then the last insecurity that we may have that will affect our level of attractiveness will be related to the teeth. Now, again, on the physical analytical perspective, it could mean, you know, hey, you need to take care of your teeth, brush your teeth, go to the dentist, you know, whiten your teeth. You know, that's all you have to do. Get braces. But from a metaphysical, emotional standpoint, our teeth are very connected to our communication. So how we're communicating towards others and communicating to ourselves, how we are talking, what is our self-talk like? Is it positive self-talk? Is it negative self-talk? How do we communicate to others? Do we communicate in a friendly, kind manner with a smile? Or do we communicate in a very stern, uptight manner? And a lot of times you will see a correlation with someone having a brighter smile, a nice, friendly face. They will have 
more of a social communication style, but those that may have this uptight communication style may have teeth that tend to be more yellow or some more spaces or more crooked or things of that nature. They might be self-conscious of their teeth, which then reiterates their communication style. So that all goes hand in hand with each of those attributes. The four biggest things that most people are self-conscious about. If they feel that their weight is in shape, your body's in shape, most people feel pretty attractive. If you feel like you've got some beautiful hair, it's long, it's flowy, it's thick, it's healthy, then their emotional state is going to go very well. If your skin is clear and vibrant and glowy, well, that means you feel really, really good about yourself. And if your teeth are nice and pleasant to look at and they are bright and white and clean, then you probably have pretty strong communication skills because you're having to show your teeth quite often. So I wanted to cover those things, but not just for us to say, oh, I just have this XYZ condition or this situation and we stop it there. I want us to always go in deeply about how we feel about ourselves, what we're going through, what we're facing to understand a little bit more of the deeper meaning behind things and take that approach so that we can focus on working from inside out to have that self-awareness to also understand and know ourselves a little bit better and say, oh, never thought about it, but now that makes sense. So I hope that this was helpful. These are our main attraction blockers. I just want you to keep these things in mind because we can have all the wonderful characteristics in the world of being super, 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 super attractive, but it's also how we maintain our level of attractiveness when we're engaging with others. So I hope that you enjoy this. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Heartblend Podcast.